All right, I've got a pretty strict agenda here, fellas. I don't know how you All guys right. do it up north, but um, here we keep it pretty tight to schedule. Mm-hmm. I've got places to be. Actually, I've got to pick up my, my cats from my mum's house because I had the pest exterminators come around to get rid of a little bit of a roach problem. Isn't that why you have cats? Yeah. It doesn't seem to amuse them that much anymore. They got bored of roaches. Eating roaches is pretty, pretty big ask of any kind of mammal, <laughs> domesticated animal. I, I spoil my cats as well, to be fair. How? Overfeed them. <laughs> How many cats have you got? Two. What are their names? Sosa and Luna. Luna used to be known as Polo, but then the name got changed. Why? Because <laughs> my fiancé hated the fact I'd named one of the cats already after a rapper, and the second one was also my choice of name. So the rapper one, Sosa, was named essentially after... The Chicago... Yeah, Chief Keith. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't named after the villain from Scarface. Look, A, I don't watch movies. B, I presume that Chief Keith got his name off that Scarface yeah. villain. No, it wasn't named after the baseball player, Sammy Sosa. Played for the Chicago Cubs or White Sox. Potentially. I'm going to back, even though it is Chicago, that a, a guy who um, of that Yo. genre of music has definitely had more to do with Scarface than a baseball team. I thought you were going to say Sammy Stoza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, funny you bring her up because uh, we do have the Bazuda Advocate boys in here, Errol, Clancy. Good up. And we're here to talk tennis. Okay. <laughs> Clay court up north. Clay and dirt. In a good year, we have lawn. Usually we just kind of play on a bit of a road. On John's Road there in North Batuta is a good, a good court. And occasionally grass um, if you've got rich enough friends and that's kind of usually enclosed in a property with a bit of irrigation and a bit of water. Yeah, it's a little bit hard to have a grass court when you've got uh, just uh, 210 mils of rain annually. So Yeah, right. Irrigation's key. Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm not that great with the geography of Queensland, but from what I understand from people talking down here and especially some South Australians I've spoken to, you blokes are stealing all the water out of the Murray-Darling right. for your irrigation. Any thoughts? Well, we are technically closer to Adelaide as a capital city. Despite being in Queensland, Batuta is closer to Adelaide than Brisbane. I'd say the drive from Sydney to Batuta would be probably about four hours longer than Brisbane to Batuta. Uh, so Adelaide actually culturally... Uh, those people like to claim us. So I don't think they'd be blaming us. I think they'd be blaming the toffs up in North well, New South Wales. Well, just to answer the question there, um, we're on the wrong side of the grey range to be stealing water from the Murray-Darling. You see, um, on our side of the grey range, all the uh, all the water that does run down those rivers and indeed land there out of the clouds, that ends up in Lake Eyre. That would either end up in the Diamantina, the Bulu, the Baku, or the Thompson River. And that all ends up in Lake Eyre if it doesn't evaporate on the way there. However, when you venture east there of the Grey Range, uh, that all ends up in the Murray-Darling system, namely the Darling. It either ends up in the Paroo, which does indeed drain into the Darling River there at Louth. But yeah, just to answer, just to answer your question there, young Raf, we're, um, we're on the wrong side of the Grey Range to be stealing water, so you might as well keep your, uh, <laughs> your inner city small-minded, short-back-and-sides opinions yeah, about go, water management Go to sing that shit to your cats, mate. Uh, accusation <laughs> retracted. <laughs> the Meeting Tree. The Meeting Tree. Radio. Um, great to have you boys on the show. Good to have you down in Sydney again. 
You popped down here a couple of times, what, one to launch the beer? Yep, I just got that new Amex card that gives you 100,000 bonus points there the other day, so I thought I might as well use them nice. before the wife finds them. And, uh, Do you always fly Rex? Uh, you know, when the money's good, otherwise I have to fly my Land Cruiser. You know, it's, uh, In the um, news this week, obviously the big one, I don't want to relitigate the bloody Steve Smith affair too much because it's been done to death already and like anyone listening to the, this podcast is probably sick of reading it. Uh, 15 out of the top 20 stories on ABC News were um, Steve Smith Gate. Um, or sandpaper Gate, oh, I think sand- is the uh, I saw grit, people using Sandpaper Gate. I don't like Sandpaper Gate. No. It's a mouthful. I think... Tape Gate. Maybe we can call tape it what it is, good. which is another in a long line of pretty chill ball tampering events. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. that's your take. IMO. I, I, wanted, I wanted to focus more on the reaction. One of them that... Particularly for me, I've noticed um, people Malcolm bringing Knox, up Me Too. Oh, the Me Too that was a shocker. The um, this yeah. is cricket's Me Too moment. Why not just chuck in the um, US gun crime as well and like make it free for all on every kind of <laughs> cricket's Me Too. This is uh, cricket's Sandy Hook. <laughs> this is cricket's nine eleven. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I I personally think that this is cricket's Iraq War. Yeah, it was an inside job and done by the oil industry. Yeah. Big sandpaper. No, the, the other one I hate actually oh, is actually... Oh, no, well, 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 I think there's been some way worse ones. So if um, so from a strictly Queensland perspective, we don't tend to hear too much from Sydney down here, but I would probably compare this cricketing disaster basically not as serious as people think, so I'm going to have to say it's probably more of a waterfall uh, <laughs> type train derailment. You know, It's more Martin Place than it is uh, the World Trade Centre. Yeah, look, there's there's... There's been a couple of undue heart attacks, but, you know. This is the uh, whiskey a go-go bombing of Australian cricket. New well, South uh, Welshman wouldn't be familiar with that. That, was, that happened with some, like, Irish sympathisers blew up a nightclub in Brisbane in the 80s. See, what's probably the, big, actually. That's probably bigger than Martin Place in, for <laughs> Queenslanders. <laughs> big time. Um, yeah, well, certainly impacted the entire national psyche, that one. Well, the, the other one is actually political, the take that I I've, uh, personally find particularly amusing, which is the... Why do people care so much about the Steve Smith thing and not about when a politician lies or whatever? Which I think is like... Well, have we gauged the outrage yet? Is this... Would you say this last... It really actually has only been a couple of days. But is this... Is there more fucking heat on this shit right now than there was on Barnaby? Because that, that was also... When Barnaby came out, that was a frenzy, as was his citizenship thing. I think same heat. Similar so, heat. Yeah, because in both... Of the circumstances, uh, these people have come out and they've admitted their wrongdoing. Where it's it's not often that you have a prime minister who lies and then doubles down and says that he was in fact lying. Where um, I, I think both of these situations are quite similar in the fact that Barnaby Joyce has had to put his hand up and say he's basically been cheating the Australian people. He's been lying to them, and um, so, I suppose that Steve Smith and um, Cameron Bancroft have had to do the same. And also both things that could have actually been resolved in a PR perspective by flat out lying and denying it. I saw someone saying, you know, Michaelia Cash or something like that, who did just flat out deny it and was all the better for, you know, denying her, you know, the whole federal police raids and yeah. knowledge of tipping mm. off the media and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, my thoughts on it was that it's like, that's because we like Steve Smith and we fucking hate Michaelia Cash. So when she lies 
who gives a fuck? Like we know she's gone, whereas Steve let us down. But, if, but it's but also, it's also Barnaby, same thing. It's hard, it's hard to lie about a pregnant mistress and your daughter walking through the main street of the town you live in yelling that her dad is a scumbag. Same way that it's hard to lie about Cameron Bancroft shoving sandpaper right on top of his dick. Like there's, I can't think of many other reasons why you'd do that. Well, well, we don't actually know that the kid's Barnaby's. I mean, you know, he's um, as, he as no he one's has, interrogated that. He he has put a cloud over that himself. And um, short of Cameron Bancroft admitting what he'd done, he could have just said that was um, a little bit of rubbish that he didn't want to throw on the pitch. What if what if Bancroft went the don't kink shame me angle? Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, they, they threw well, him under a bus. See, it was, it was Smith could have denied any of knowing it and just like made Bancroft cop the one match suspension and we wouldn't be in this mess but i'm glad that they admitted it personally i think yeah. honesty is the best policy does australia attack honest people is that what the underlying issue is i reckon there's a lot of people that would have wanted steve to lie to him a lot of people yeah. i think a majority of us would have lied to me steve yeah like oh, cover just... my ears and just fucking who cares like just don't admit it whatever you do you know what i mean but you can't you can't throw bancroft under the bus I would Aren't you? personally, personally, if I'm if I'm Steve Smith, I'm throwing Lehman under the bus. Yeah, yeah. And Lehman is now under the bus anyway. Yeah. Uh, you, I reckon you go Bancroft, mate. Cop this one, but you're not being dropped for five years now. You've got a oh. lot of ducks that you can be making <laughs> from here on until 2022, and you will be picked every time, mate. Just take this one for the team. Well, then there was that video that did emerge, though, um, a bit later on of, um, of Cameron Bancroft in the, in the lunchroom uh, during the Ashes in Sydney where he was seen to put some sugar in his pocket. So it, it's kind of starting to paint the picture that he might be a serial offender. A serial ball temperer. Yeah. I don't think he was going to be putting that sweet stuff on his, uh, on his breakfast cereal. I think he was going to be um, using that to um, rough up one side of a cricket ball. But can, can someone tell me how, and I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Joyride. This is something you're familiar with as a perennial club in from a family of, you know, volunteer umpires and the like. How effective is that? You know, how much sway does that have on the result of a match, what those fucking morons were doing? The, the jury's out, if, if we're being honest. It's, there's a long history of ball tampering that exists from club through to international level. Um, You know, you see it in Sheffield Shield finals when uh, a ball's hit for four and then the fielding coach goes and grabs it and accidentally just rubs it in the gutter a little bit. Mm. But that's fine. That's fine. Picking at the the cross seam, stuff like that. It, It all happens. As to how effective it is, I think much like many things to do with cricket, when you start getting into these realms of like, no one put the toilet seats down when I go out to bat. Yeah, it's superstition. Uh, one leg up when you, the team's on triple one. You reckon he'll just get the bowler fired up knowing that his team has done a bit of ball tampering. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done something here that might get it going, which means that if we're talking reverse swing, they're going to put a little extra gas on it thinking that it's going to go anyway. Yeah. Look, this is just my two cents. Yeah, th- what but about? I think it does nothing except improve the, uh, the the mentality of the team. What about the response to this and your take? I'd especially like to hear from the Queensland boys and uh, and how it relates to our modern outrage culture. Yeah, uh, well, there's a lot of things that come into this, um, and and this, and this is one that 
you know, eventually we'll throw back to you guys because Sydney, as a, an essential media capital of Australia, is responsible for all of these things that's wrong with the media. You're welcome. One, competitive grief. We saw it when France, you know, when all that terrorism started happening in France, everyone starts piping up about, well, did you hear about what happened in this country that yeah. you're not talking about? That's competitive grief and that's frustrating in one. It's like, you know. How much news do we have to fucking read? I know, that's it. And like, <laughs> yeah, so, so there's competitive grief. There's also like, you know, obviously selective outrage, which is the, the opposite of that. And then there's the, uh, you know, the, the idea of why does sport have such a big kind of place in, you know, this is a fucking, the only thing majority of this country knew about this test series was something relating to David Warner's personal life until a couple of days ago. Mm. You know, majority, it's, people aren't watching it like they were during the Ashes. So what is the, in, in terms of outrage culture, I'll throw this one to you, Joyride. Are you saying that Australia should be more focused on Steve Smith and this interesting debacle that the Australian cricket team's in, or should they be more focused on ongoing human rights issues? Look, it's a tough one. Uh, coming from where I sit, which is ball tampering has existed in the game for a long time and does nothing compared to multiple lives who are in the custody of the people we've elected being treated horribly. The pendulum's swinging sw- slightly towards human rights issues, but I also understand where you're coming from in that we should care about a, a bunch of 11 dickheads who are in South Africa in a time zone that we aren't, which means we can't watch what they're doing anyway. I wanted to ask you boys about the cricket. You received a letter, uh, an email from... Cricket Australia, cease and desist. Yep. Was it the lawyer who gets that first? What was the reaction in the office? Oh, it did go to the editor's inbox. And um, and we do have a policy whereby if people do take objection to the news that we do write, we make a point of uh, publishing all correspondence because we are a very transparent news agency. We make the Guardian look like a fucking stained glass window. <laughs> I respect know. that. No further comments on that? Well, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. That's what we said to Media Watch. That's what we said to the Daily Mail. That's what we said to everyone who fucking emailed us. It's pretty self-explanatory. You saw the email. I mean, there's too much jargon in the actual attached letter from the legal department. But bottom line is their PR team were mentally worn down. (laughs) They've got a lot going on. And for that podcast, which actually included you, Joyride, and I think we counted it, there was about 24 successions of the word. 24 times we said the word cunt. In That's space of about a minute. Not allowed to say that on this podcast. I might be fine on the Batuta podcast. All right. We'll but, beep um, it out. We'll Woke. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, 24 times actually you, Joyride, said that word <laughs> in relation to like institutional Australian cricketers. Yeah, Maybe we could do that with, uh, with media types in this one. Yeah, if you want to tee off. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Chris Kenny, cunt. No, don't, no one say what you're going to say next no, about Chris yeah. Kenny. We saw him. He's got form in the courts. Yeah. Miranda Devine, can't. Come on. Who's with me? Um. Music feeds, can't. Pedestrian. Can't. Can't. Tone deaf, can't. Who media? Who media? Can't. Yeah, outdoor Fuck advertising. Them. Let's go into there. Yeah. Let's get... Is there anyone you look up to? As far as journalists, I, mean, I look up to Ray Martin, Pip Courtney from Landline. Yeah. I saw Stan Grant in the foyer at the ABC the other day. Yep. Or as they say in Adelaide, Stan Grant. 
Is that what the Hilltops say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I caught his eye as I was signing in. I was just kind of looking at him going, fuck me, that's Stan Grant. And he kind of looked at me and just went, G'day, mate, how are you going? Oh, yeah, good, Stan. How are you? He goes, yeah, good, mate, and just walked off. How many times do you reckon Stan Grant has to do that a day? Pretend- yeah, he's done it to me. He has done it to me twice. Um, <laughs> one during our media run for our book and then another time we went down there for Tilly. He's done that. And I just think it's because people look at him like he knows him, and yeah, and you know when you're like, oh, that's Stan Grant. You're looking at him like you know him because you yeah. do from TV. I'll tell you about another bloke that we happened to run into when we were down there at the, the ABC last time talking to Tom Tilly. We, we managed to bump into Paul Barry from Media Watch, and you know he comes swanning across the fucking across the foyer, and he introduces himself. He's like. Hello, I am Paul Barry. Welcome to the ABC foyer. <laughs> yeah, he's essentially Hello, eternal I'm, affairs. Like, they're all scared of him too. I'm Paul Barry and I look like a character in an Edward Norton film. It's funny no. funny to theorise on uh, Paul Barry going the, the way of Latham with outsiders. Yeah. And, yeah. Just, and just going... So, like, if Media Watch got defunded uh, and Paul Barry just wanted to stick with it and so just started going Facebook Live with it, <clears throat> kind of like... Shooting on a phone on Ultimo yeah. Road out the front of the ABC instead of inside, smoking a dart. And every time he's like, uh, the, the Daily Telegraph had this to say. Yeah, like yeah. Deep Throat I'm, from Watergate. I'm a big fat stupid head. And it's just Paul Barry <laughs> yeah. instead of actors. Yeah. It's just Paul Barry doing the and voices. And then as each day goes past, he looks more and more like the reanimated corpse of David Bowie just there on Harris Street. <laughs> yeah. All journos hate Media Watch. And anything that pisses off journos I don't is, is okay. Okay, in my books. Yeah, it's a canary in the mind, particularly yeah. when they start turning the laser on themselves and point it upstairs in the um yeah. in that Harris Street. Yeah, ABC journos hate Media Watch. Every, all inner city Sydney journos hate Media Watch, and that is perfect in my books. The only thing worse <laughs> than journalists is actors. Yeah, Advertisers. Yeah. <laughs> no, advertising cunts are bad. They're top five worst, but I put journalists as worse than them. Okay. Why? Because they're pretending not to be advertising cunts. Yeah. See, fair call. Uh, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Uh, advertising. Unless you work for the ABC, then you're supposed to be living off all the dime of others. <laughs> journalists you know, think they're saving the world for the benefit of the uh, of, yeah, of the fourth estate. Isn't it? Journalists do command a respect <laughs> that is just so unwarranted. Um, obviously, you know where we work. Uh, we've got a small team and, you know, we, we, we all respect each other. But you end up in those buildings, you know, down there in South Bank in Brisbane or South Bank in Melbourne or uh, Surrey Hills Ultimo in Sydney and you see these fucking morons that everyone despises and dislikes <laughs> and doesn't trust walking through there wearing suits, fucking you're almost expecting people to stand for them. You know, the cunt doing the fucking cartoons on the front page of the Daily Telegraph thinks he's one of the best journalists in this country. And, and you know what? Upsettingly... He is. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a war correspondent. <laughs> he can be telling any amount of bullshit from over there, you know? Well, that's a very, a car door. <laughs> that's a very, very controversial opinion that I will not stand for. That they are titans of journalism. Oh, they are putting their lives <laughs> on the line the real, to, to the... stand it, like in enemy territory to so that they can be seen on camera with some bomb explosions in the background, just praying there'll be a loud noise so they can do the dark that they then televise. Yeah, yeah. That gets you yeah, That's walkly. very cynical. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that gets you, you walkly know. these days. What about the, <laughs> the, fucking, uh, the graduate journalists who get sent to places they don't want to go to 
and end up having to stand out in the street in the cyclone just <laughs> just waiting for the that one, the hand above the face, kind of look into the it. camera. They love it. They love every second of it. The tinny in a flood's a good one. Yeah. Like, yeah, look yeah. at her, all this and rather. Yeah. <laughs> the camera guy in front of him. Fuck journos. All right. Who, wh- what journos do you guys think are cunts? Let's try this again. Nameless. Name one. Like, you're thinking of columnists, and like most columnists, I think, are cunts. I'm going to have to say Piers Ackerman. Yeah. I reckon it's time for that gibbering old cunt to fucking go out to pasture. <laughs> yeah, Buzz Rothfield, yeah, he can get fucked too. Clancy, you actually, you, you sent me a, uh, an article the other day that was about a, a cricket team that were upset about getting tattoos when they won their, uh, their grand final that was based on how... I thought you might have played for them. <laughs> no, not these turkeys. I don't get tattoos for bullshit like winning grand finals. You just get them for the Olympics. Yeah. But uh, the, guy, the guy that wrote it, his name really stuck out to me. And I was wondering, this is on the ABC. Is this a fake name? Pablo Vinales. Could be a guy with, like, South American background, Rowan. Yeah. Did you ever think of that? At the yeah. ABC? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there is. Hey, the ABC has a pretty strict diversity policy. Yep. In short, for someone to find a story that niche about a suburban footy club that isn't actually a story and no one gives a fuck about. It sounds like it's been written as a favour to mates who are involved in the story. <laughs> I'm going to say that's not the name of some dude from Granville. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that story was reported across most news organisations after running there and was one of the viral stories of the day, unfortunately. I'm sorry to tell you, fellas. Pablo got a hit. Yeah. <laughs> he got one away. I know that you, you're a true journalist who don't go um, ambulance chasing like that. I don't know. Well, it, it's kind of like getting spooled by a stingray. For those who don't know what that is, it's, that's a fishing term where if you get spooled, means you, you've got a fish that's, that's too powerful for you to reel in but not powerful enough to break the line. So it takes the whole line off the spool and to get spooled by a stingray means you're getting spooled by a useless powerful fish that you can't eat <laughs> right so they they beat you to the story then eh i got spooled by a stingray that day <laughs> speaking of being spooled by a stingray are you boys going to cover um the chinese space station the out of control space station that's set to hit earth could hit anywhere or, well not anywhere on earth it's got a certain kind of trajectory because it's flying around this planet yep. In uh, one and a half hours per rotation is how long it takes it to get around. It'll be whizzing past Hobart. Hobart's on the map of potential places it can land. And you wouldn't believe this, boys. You wouldn't believe this. You know what day it's looking like it may or may not land? April 1st. (laughs) No prank. I'll tell Uh, you what. I hope it lands on MoMA. (laughs) Down there in Tasmania, I mean. Blow up the wall of cunts. The, the shitting machine and all that human filth yep. that they're exposing to young Tasmanian I kids hope, for free. I hope it lands on that great hall of, of filth and reprehensible displays of lack of culture and understanding of what art is in general. Like Bob Catter said, actually, we were hearing this yarn from a couple of nationals. <clears throat> One who has been in the headlines a lot recently was telling us this yarn and they were in a art gallery in... Brisbane and there was a bloke with a bow tie and a moustache showing all of these old bushies around at this new collection in this government uh, museum and Bob Catter interrupted this man in front of about 
300 people and asked him if there was anything that had been painted by a fucking adult. <laughs> See, art should be for the people. Yeah. You know, art, art in many forms has gone too far in that artists create for artists. Oh, yeah, they create for the gallery and the gallery is no. innately exclusionary. Art is the only thing in our society which could disappear overnight and no one could give a flying fuck about <laughs> except for those involved in the art scene. The artists... The, it's an industry made up the of gallery tax owners. I, I mean, you know, for every man, you drive past an art gallery and say, that, that'd look real good as a Burger King, you know, <laughs> because I'm starving and then there's some bloke with a, a shit haircut and a soft chin... Who's spent the past ten years of his life, you know, being an absolute taxpayer dime magnet, and then all he's got in there is a miniature windmill that's painted bright pink. You know, that's <laughs> got to admit though, blue poles is a pretty good buy. buy would you golf. vandalize it though? If you were left alone in a room with it with no cameras, would you touch it and alter it? I yes. would. I would slash it and then slash it again. I'd write on the back of it. Just yeah, take it off. Take it off the wall. What would you write on it? Write on, I'd write my name. I'd also write. Goff was here. <laughs> I would write Lister. <laughs> he came out to Batuta, that cunt. On the back of it and say, come and get me. Lister did? Yeah, yep. he wrote on the front of the pub. Really? Really? Yep. That fuck, he's a bellend. Mm. Yep. He also wrote on Jim Morrison's grave. Yeah. And then for all these heights he reached, he got fucking done for trespassing and graffiti Vandalism in, in Brisbane. Brisbane and had yeah. to face the courts. Yeah, but you know what he did in the courts? He drew a picture for the judge during the trial and gave it to him afterwards. Fuck me. He almost got done in Redfin as well. You guys know about that? Yeah, tell us. He Nearly tagged my front door. Oh, right. Nearly got fucking right. bombed by me. Were you around? Well, should we go public with the with the Instagram <laughs> conversation? Yeah, yeah. Can you read yeah. it out? Well, do, you still have a, do you still have it spare? Hopefully it hasn't been know. deleted. Now's but as good a time as any. To give you some context, I came home to my house in Redfin and uh, he'd, I think, left a sticker on my front door and I was furious mm. because I don't like what he does mm -hmm. and I think he's a tosser. Uh, have you got it? I do. All right, maybe this can fill in the blanks. So, I mean, I don't even remember what we posted. But he's, got, he's, he's started this conversation between Lister and the meeting tree and we've posted a picture of... Like, it's like a driveway that once said no parking in use 24 hours, but the O and the P have been kind of blacked out, so it says narking in use 24 hours. And I think we might have just tagged him or something or just put him on the narc. And so he's took a screenshot of us tagging him, and he said, what's with all the hate? And the meeting tree replies to Anthony Lister, you keep tagging the front door of my fucking house, bro. I'm fed up. And Lister said, which door? I'll stop. No offence. <laughs> Imagine if he was that accountable for every tag he did in this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stop. No offence. Um, what a, what to a which, to cowardly which, street artist. To, to which the meeting tree replied, we're happy to bury the hatchet if we get a public apology. The apology is in the form of a well-shot 15-second Instagram video of you buffing my door, posted on the gram. Then we shake hands. And he replied, send me a pic of your door. To which we never responded. I guess we just Well, he lost knew interest. which fucking door because I'd arced up at him previously and he said, I'll come up and buff it right now if you pack a billy for me. I'm not giving you any fucking weed, you, you father. You 40-year-old you dad. 
Should we just give a bit of context to the people who've been listening to you talk about this blog for about 15 minutes? Because people don't respect art. Look him up. Anthony Lister. People don't respect or know anything about art. And to be honest, neither do any of us apart from this guy um, because he's more of a vandal. Yeah. Look, I I like street art because I think street art, you know, is for the people. It actually is taking art outside of the gallery when it's done right. Those boys, late 90s Brisbane. Everyone remembers them. Queensland Police Force had their own graffiti unit. And Menace. I've seen his tag around the country a few times. M E N I S. It's like penis, but with an M. Oh, meanus. Yeah. Meanus. Yeah, yeah I say meanus. Yeah, no, those boys. Yep, yeah, that's all. That's all good in my books. Go out there and break some stuff. Mm. Lister, don't be a wanker about it. List is somewhere between Banksy and my niece. Maybe a little lower than my niece in terms of talent, but in terms of street art credibility. The moment you start trying to cash out the way he did, any credibility you had, which I can, I, I think he didn't have any in the first place. Well, he went art to street art because he realised that that's where the money was. That's where you could, yeah, if you cool yourself up a little. Anyway, um, in 2018, would you believe this? I was, I'm wandering along just past the Gladstone Hotel. I actually believe, I think they're fans of your work, boys. You might have hosted an Anzac. Yeah, we do. That's where we do our events down there in Chippendale. Yeah, um, well, there's a big market for Batuta Bitter, your beer. Obviously, in Chippendale, you know, that ironic kind of Australiana hipsterism really embraces, I guess, uh, so what you boys bring authentically. Hey, I you know, guys I are the know. ones that hang out with Courtney Barnett, so let's just... Uh, we love Courtney. I wish. Never met yeah, her. never met just her. Just a fan. You never met her? No. You have no. posters of her and shit. Yeah. We're fans. I'm not allowed to be a fan of music? No. Oh, God. Um, anyway... Right, well, you can't be a fan of journalists anymore. Take down that poster of Waleed in your office. <laughs> I do actually have a picture of Tim Sheridan from <laughs> from Nine's Wild World of Sport there in my wallet that um, I take. And then if I ever get in trouble overseas, I say, don't put me in jail. This is my dad. <laughs> He's one of the most powerful journalists in this country. We, um, we also have time for Kay McGrath. Um, you guys might not know her, but she's been the face of Channel 7 News for the last three decades. And... She's just a... Yeah, no, she's been a big supporter of us over the years. Uh, also, that Channel 7 bloke you had down here, what was his name? Moorcroft, of Peter course. Fegan. Oh, Richard Moorcroft? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. ABC in the end? I don't know. Moorcroft? I don't know. I don't know. Fuck this mainstream shit, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, 2018, March 2018, I'm walking down the street just past the Gladstone Hotel, past the social media agency, We Are Social. What do they have on the coffee table in the foyer? Heroin. <laughs> the Banksy book. In March. Wall and Peace? Wall and Peace? The original one. You yeah, know, the, the wall, white one yeah, with the... Wall and the one with the... Is that the bouquet throwing yeah. instead of a Molotov? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In 20, March 2018, that's still their coffee table ball. Post-irony yep. lives, I say. You're, you're selling them short. Speaking of post-irony, boys, it's been fantastic to have you in town. I hope you hang around. Maybe we can catch up for a little drink. Yeah. Yeah, well, 100%. why not? We'll, why not? We'll, we'll get some, uh, some beers on ice and... Uh, We'll get hammered this Easter, I reckon. Love it.